thought it was in it. No, I won't. And some people would follow naturally, well, and the answer is that they were they were well treated by people who ostracized them, and I'm for ostracizing people who egg on other people to shoot American Marines and American soldiers. I know you don't as care. As far as I'm pro-crypto-Nazi I can think of is yourself. Failing <laughs> that, let's, I would let's, only let's say that we names. can't have... Now listen, you, the right yeah, stop the calling me a crypto-Nazi. Let's, let's stop calling names you in let's the goddamn face and you'll stay plastered. Gentlemen, <laughs> 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 Jesus. And you'll stay plastered. So that's, uh, uh, that's William F. Buckley, the most important man of the late 20th century. At age 29. He gave us, uh, I think he's 40 in that, but yeah, he started at... Uh, he got started pretty early for a pioneer of that kind, so especially for a conservative. Yeah. Good afternoon, everyone. Welcome to the Machination Log. We're reviewing an essay by Sam Chris that I don't know the name of that I will link in the description to this podcast. That article, published in Compact Mag, has the unnecessarily long title, I bought everything advertised in National Review, and all I got was this bleak odyssey into the rotten heart of American conservatism, America, and also myself, by Sam Chris. Dated February 15th, 2024. I was going to throw to Andy like he's the one who recommended it. But actually, this was recommended by uh, Vinny. And I was not aware of Sam Chris as a writer in any meaningful sense. But now I can throw it to Andy because he is, as far I as sure he told am. me. Uh, give us the lowdown on who Sam is, if you can. Sam is a is a... It might be better if I simply list characteristics rather than trying to provide some sort of, like, gestalt impression. As like Sam a word Chris's. cloud of Sam exactly. Chris. Exactly, word cloud of Sam Chris. Uh, Marxist? Somewhat contrarian? Uh, leftist in general? Uh, I, I should say skeptic of leftist philosophy and political machination in general. Who Excellent. <laughs> Uh, which I suppose is which I suppose is a traditional pastime for leftists it's, anyway. It sure but, was. Uh, and incredible writer. He his his writing is is somehow a perfect mix of like postmodern bullshit and actual analysis that you know gives you gives you the sense that uh, the sense that he's hinting at something much broader than the essay itself, uh, while not you know falling victim to sort of like the the way that that often goes where you just kind of go off the deep end and and anybody who hasn't been reading that writing for like 30 years looks at it and just goes man this is garbage this well, doesn't make any sense whatsoever so it's it's a perfect balance yeah, as I, I see it yeah i read like a dozen of his essays in the lead up to this just for the sake of grounding with sort of what his style is. And it's clear that I don't know where the break happens. It's somewhere between 2015 and 2022. Um, he goes from being that nauseating philosophical scold when he was arguing with people like Slavo Zizek about yep. Lacan. Um, those articles are insanely tedious. And I don't know why anybody paid him for them, but uh, he, he snapped out of that at some point. And this essay is definitely in that latter period. He um he's also quite young still. I don't even think he's thirty yet. And yeah, he's somewhere in the yeah late twenties. He's actually thirty three. So I now double down on my judgment upcoming. So so when he was writing that stuff, he would have been like eighteen, nineteen. Yeah, he was in college. You know that perhaps we can forgive him for uh <laughs> for such indiscretions. Absolutely not. 
Uh, Nicole, are you familiar with Sam Chris at all? No, I was not familiar with this because this guy's mostly an essayist. That's correct. Okay, okay, I was not familiar with this guy at all. But you were you were protesting before we got rolling here uh, that uh, the information here is I potentially just, stale based well, on. Well, it's not. It's just that I cover like <clears throat> I listen to a lot of stuff that covers like a similar vein of of topics, like you know, um, so like. I didn't find this like, oh gosh, like this wasn't like new stuff. Like I've inter I've interweaved in a lot of the circles he's talking about. Um, but I did, I don't know, when we talk about parts that, that we like, I there there was some stuff that was very charming here that I did like. Very good. I just I don't read this topic very much. I listen to like people with soundboards cover this topic and stuff <laughs> like that. So <laughs> You the know. full radio experience. Yeah, I, I get more of like the radio experience of like what this essay is trying to to detail. Very good. And are you familiar with Sam at all? No. And it was really nice to read something uh, written by an adult for adults because I usually read picture books. Oh wow! And <laughs> uh, you know, fiction for kids third grade and under. Um, and I had a really great time reading this. I laughed a lot. <laughs> I didn't learn anything insightful. I just was very entertained. It was, yeah, it was, it was very good. I, I have enjoyed what I've read, again, post-2022. <laughs> I've enjoyed everything that I've read by him. Um, he has a pretty good essay on uh, the death of the internet, which I more or less agree with. Um, I love that as a topic, too, to listen to. Like, podcasts about the internet going downhill, I'm all about it. Yeah, he does, he does a pretty good treatise on that. He does. Yeah. But anyway, to the essay at hand, quote, Before I started work on this enormous essay on the miserable fate of American conservatism, I don't think I'd ever actually read National Review. Not one issue, not one article, not one word National Review had ever published. National Review is a very particular kind of publication for a very particular kind of person. It's the Bible of America's conservative establishment. They run opera reviews. I don't go to the opera. I'm not a conservative. I'm not even American. It really isn't for me. To be honest, I went into this knowing only two things about National Review. One was that it had helped launch the career of a California neurotic named Joan Didion. The other was its editor's outburst to Gore Vidal on live television in 1968, which I... Uh, treated everybody to and it seems like uh you were not familiar with this incident <laughs> I, I was not familiar with this particular i can't incident. say i was yeah i may do a digression on william f buckley because he mentions a lot of him but there's i think he is hugely underappreciated as what may everyone sort of points backward at reagan as the start of this stuff it no was, it started it, was buckley. it started before reagan it, most definitely it, it was buckley he he set down he, he set all the rules down for what it meant to be yeah. a conservative in the second half of Manchurian the 20th century basically <laughs> yeah. and he literally he did it from whole cloth he's basically satan if you've ever seen him smile he, he looks unnerving it's in just terrifying. that little clip that we watched. Are we talking Kenneth Copeland levels? Of, yeah, uh, that guy. No, no, demonic. He, no, no, yeah, uh, well, I'll just I'll find a clip of him smiling. Uh, William F. Buckley Jr.'s uh, philosophy was essentially that um, God and the market should dictate the lives of men. And uh, he was tremendously successful in promoting this highly contradictory uh, philosophy. But again, that's not, uh, that's not what we're after here. Uh, going back to uh, the essay, quote, where does all this leave National Review after the Tea Party and Trump gets elected and all of this stuff becomes unrecognizable? Still defending its shrinking patch? 
Still fighting the good fight for God and the Gipper against the grubby socialistic hordes? I suppose one way to find out would be to read the magazine. But I'm also still some kind of Marxist, which means that I believe that if you really want to know something, you learn far more from looking at its economic underpinnings than from, <laughs> one, from what it merely believes about itself. In other words, if I wanted to know what had happened in American conservatism, instead of reading the articles in National Review, I should look at the advertising. So I did. I took one issue of National Review and looked at its ads. Um, and then further down, uh, he explains that he bought each one of them. Or at least attempted to purchase each yeah. one of these, yeah. uh, each one of these things. I do, uh, you know, I don't consider myself a communist, but I do consider myself a Marxist. And um, this, even though it is a funny way to do it, I do very much appreciate this method of analysis because it's very easy to not actually know what you mean or intend, uh, especially when you're writing it down, which is maybe one of the most illicit forms by which you can communicate. Um, so. I appreciate that Sam is going against his own medium um, in the process of analyzing this. Yeah, don't read more. That's yeah. not going to help you. Simply buy. Good old buying. Uh, does anyone have anything they want to point out in the, the first section here, or do, should we just get into the products? So I, I think uh, I should say that this is this is the kind of analysis that I was talking about where it was like, this is this is sort of like the postmodern bullshit. What this, what this means is very directly that the people who wrote this magazine think that some subsection of their readership, the subsection that has money, will purchase some of the things that they have put down in this magazine. It does not necessarily imply that this is the heart of conservatism in any way necessarily, but God, it's such a fun way of looking at it. <laughs> no, you should like... always, with all, with all, like with everybody, you should always look at the sales funnel because you can tell like how high they are in the griftosphere, you know, by by their sales funnel. You by know. their per capita budget. Yeah, and and like what they're choosing to sell, like you know. So my my uh, my read of this, which is not necessarily Sam's Sam Chris's read of this, and I guess we'll get to we'll get to that in the end, is that mostly like national review exists to siphon money out of conservative retirees but does that actually mean something in in terms of american conservatism in the 2020s yeah, i don't know but <laughs> <laughs> let's go along for the ride because it's a good ride yeah you know hippies got old at some point and uh they accrued a lot of uh ill-gotten capital and they need somewhere to stash it and why not in the national review's various uh siphon funds the donors <laughs> trust YAF, no, Matt why, Walsh. You know, they should, what they should do is they should save, stay with a political party that is just constantly trying to grift them out of their their funds. They're always reinventing themselves, That's Nicole. True. They're very innovative. <laughs> Dynamic. Dynamic. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, the first item we have here, and I'll just read the first paragraph for each one of them as we go, and then we'll go from there. Uh, Nature's Right leg relaxer price 19.99 ad copy don't wonder if it will work try it and find out <laughs> which is intensely 60s advertising oh yeah that's a this slogan must have been around as long as this company has been although i feel like nature's right i guess there's so many companies called nature's something yeah it's yeah. hard i, I, I would have sworn Valley. i saw this at costco before um which i guess they're, they're i would graphics yeah, yeah maybe that's possible there is some overlap Right from the beginning, uh, quote, right from the beginning, it was clear that something had gone wrong in National <laughs> Review. The magazine's columnists might still be extolling buttoned-up conservatism, but meanwhile, on the same page, there's an ad for a company called Nature's Right. Just what is Nature's Right, spelled R-I-T-E, of course. 
Basic, best case scenario, something to do with Santa wearing hippies, flower children, all smelling of patchouli. That's the best case. The worst? Well, what are the rights of nature? <laughs> the songs of the densest, quietest parts of the woods, where the trees are gnarled and the moss sits heavy, where even the insects seem to hush in the presence of some great power that can't be seen. But you can hear it, sometimes. He says that to give its fruit, the earth must feed. You know his name. The one who was given dominion over this world. The one whose temples are in the dark places. The goat-headed god. The master of flies. Anyway, Nature's Right was advertising two products. A treatment for sleep apnea and one for restless leg syndrome. Yeah, And then uh, he gets into a spat with his girlfriend about... Uh, you have restless leg syndrome. Yeah. No, I don't. You what? don't know because you're sleeping. That's true for sleep apnea too. So I don't know yeah. that I I don't know that I buy that argument wholesale. Not that it's necessarily the point here. Um, I've kind of wondered how many medicines per capita Americans consume. Not I guess not medicine specifically not medicines. Um, mm -hmm. What the numbers are up to as far as uh, these kinds of treatments it's are gotta concerned. It's got to be a lot. Because uh, there's whole, like, industries that I've never been... I've never been in a GNC. I don't, like... I assume they sell vitamins or whatever. The vitamin shop also sells the all vitamin that stuff. The vitamin shop sells yeah. vitamins. As its name suggests. Yeah. yeah. Like, there's all these aisles in Walgreens. Like, and yeah, someone's buying it because it's still there. Yeah. It's it my mom. She lives in GNC. Oh, do you tell? Yeah. All right. Oh. What's what's her pill container look like? Well, before her uh, liver transplant... Uh, yeah, bar was, barring actual medical problems. Yeah, so before that, because she can't take any of the crap that she used to do because uh, it will kill her, which I love that the doctor told her that. Um, her, it was morning, mid-afternoon, afternoon, late afternoon, evening. She would take at least five to six different supplements throughout the day. And it's just like seaweed, algae, a lot of, a lot of like dead green things um stuff for her arthritis instead of actually using the medication that she was prescribed yeah, yeah um look i don't go to the doctor either i understand i sympathize with that i empathize with it in fact yeah so she uh yeah she was mostly powders made of powders and pills for her what was the reason that she chose to do that instead of taking medicine that was actually given to her by a doctor she doesn't trust hospitals She's Which also, is fair. She's also someone who, um, her bed is used to be held up by cinder blocks, and she kept all of her money in the holes of a cinder block. She doesn't trust banks. She doesn't trust doctors. But now she has to use both. Hmm. <laughs> I trust banks more than doctors, but, you know, it's a sliding scale. So. Yeah. No, it's been amazing watching her to have to... <laughs> have to figure it have out. Have to use both of them. <clears throat> What's your stack? What are you running? Hmm? What are you running on the supplement side? Where are you at? Oh, maybe like two a day. I take more. I I would say two supplements and then like one actual medication. Very good. I think I'm up to four. I do magnesium, fish oil, um, some other two. I cannot believe I don't remember their names. Um, <laughs> it's mostly just those two though I think the other one oh I do a vitamin D thing every yeah, once that's in a like while a, that's like an anxiety stack yeah and then you do like I mean, sometimes you gotta take a chill out stack what are you gonna no, do no I know I, I did that for years like now I'm down to just the vitamin D and a probiotic is this is this actual good. terminology that, that's the stack what it's it's lingo I see yeah, the yeah. community I take no supplements very good of any kind it's just all raw meat yep 
Yep. The ultimate supplement. Yeah. I only eat liver. And look at me. I'm <laughs> not jacked whatsoever. It's all going according to plan. These statements uh-huh. have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not... This is my favorite American-ass loophole. Yes. Uh, this product oh, yeah. is not We can thank Utah for this. To, to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. It's literally a bottle that says sleep apnea on it. I don't know what. It's not. <laughs> Again, this, Will is this why, give me sleep. Okay, so Again, this, this is why Marx is right. You don't. You can't trust what they say. No, that's not. That's not useful information. No. Um. According to this brief internet search, Nature's Right is an LLC incorporated out of Sarasota, Florida. That's a great place for that to be right now. Oh. So this feels that feels accurate to me. Like mm-hmm. they're sending shaky really leg, like uh, you know, products that aren't meant to diagnose, cure, treat, or prevent any shaky leg syndrome right to where the old people who have that ailment <laughs> live in Sarasota, Florida. In Sarasota, Florida. Yeah, the home of scams. Yeah. It's where they come from. I'm surprised they aren't developing AI out here because that would fit flushly into There's our market. Enough people smart enough to do shit like that out here. I don't no, there definitely are. Yeah. You just got to go to the right places, yeah. but I don't know. Silicon Valley's got a got a stranglehold on it, man. Just build a monorail from the Kennedy Space Center to West Palm Beach. <laughs> Create the greatest scam of all time. God, California takes everything. It's terrible. I know. We need to. Do it was terrible about it. starting there and then being plucked from there and coming out here. It was brutal. The kit. So they're also selling an end times kit. And um, who isn't these days? Every right wing media outlet has some sort of end times like marketing. Like they sell food buckets, they sell like the 5G stuff, they sell, yeah, colloidal silver is going to treat everything in the future, I think. Yeah, I love so the contents of this kit. Uh, it's uh, urinary, a urinary tonic, a colloidal <laughs> silver gel for rashes and wounds, more colloidal silver for sore throats, a topical paste to smear over bruises and strains, with white willow, witch hazel, and thyme. It doesn't include bandages, iodine, painkillers, or water purification tablets, the sort of thing I might need when the hospital shut down. A prospect that is apparently not an if, but a when. It can be yours for $438. That is a lot for colloidal silver. It is. But I do, I do like what this appeals to in conservatives in not including anything that is obviously good in yeah. an emergency. Because to include those things is to be prepared for like a mundane form of strife. Whereas these people in the perennial philosophy and aesthetic of conservative America, yeoman America, you got to cheat. You got to get ahead. Like you, if, <laughs> if you're not fucking over, you're being fucked over. Like life is zero sum. Yeah. So you have to have things like colloidal silver to fill this gap where you can't actually get ahead of the science. Because even though the science is messy at the fringes, it's quite clear on bandages, iodine, and painkillers. Yeah, and, and wa- we know a lot about water for purification. Yeah. Yeah. So it's not fun anymore. No. Is, <laughs> These people, that's why they're going back on germ theory at this point. Yeah. Again, you got to get ahead somehow. <laughs> you need to beat the odds. Um, which is sort of Karamazovian. That's the, um, Andy, I, I'm sure you've read it, uh, about uh, if we had a perfectly satisfied society, they would fuck it up on purpose. Oh, yeah. 
I'm trying, I don't. I don't know. There's which some of great his books Pat the Bunny from. songs about that. They're like, if he lived in like a, he wouldn't like basically live in any society that would have him. Yeah, because the, like uh-huh. he's bound to fuck it up because like he can't have peace in his life. Who wrote? I, I'm blanking on all my Russian here. Who wrote oh. Brothers Karamazov? I don't know. I don't. I am not. I don't know anything about Russian literature, really. <laughs> this is all I know about it. Is it's quips. the one that isn't Tolstoy. Yeah, it's it's the other guy. <laughs> Dostoevsky? And, and, other guy. And, yeah, there we go. Okay. It's Dostoevsky. Yeah. I kept thinking Nabokov over and over again. Oh, okay. No, no. Yeah. <laughs> that's, um, that's the other, other one. That's the other, other one with the real truth. But yeah. The, oh, um, yeah. Yeah. I have, would, read, uh, I have read Nabokov books, actually, <laughs> so. Yeah. yeah. No, uh, but just it, it does seem inevitable that... Um, Humans in the uh, in the search for progress would, uh, to use the video game parlance, a prestige out of an utopian <laughs> society, <laughs> which I get. You know, yep. you you got to start over so you can keep progressing. So, uh, and that's your and Harry talk. Uh, being a person is difficult. What? <laughs> but, but what if? But what if it was difficult, but manageable? You can make a little bit of progress. You just you just work your way up. Be uh, be on the treadmill forever. Does anyone have anything else they want to talk about? With yeah, the... I, I so I actually thought that the bit about the the sort of swap of polarity between the left wing and the right wing on this topic was very interesting. Oh yeah. And, and oh, oh the the Q and oh the 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 what is it the health nut to QAnon pipeline? Yeah, exactly. Where all the left wing health nuts are now right wing. Yeah, exactly. I, I follow this topic closely. This is this is fascinating to yeah. me. Yeah, and and seems entirely true. Like. Even even 15 years ago, the polarity of, of like, crunchy doctor distrust was <laughs> fully left-wing coded. No, that is like, a fully right. They've all, like, literally yeah. just pipelined over. But in the last 15 years, yeah. that's, like, a very... A lot in it's the a last quick time. four years. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Especially, <laughs> especially since, since the last, like, five or ten. Yeah. But it, it's, it's... Like, how did that actually work? Because I, I, I don't know if it had anything to do with, like relative increase in the number of like left-wing authority figures that have that have cropped up in the last like 10 or 15 years um i mean i don't know if it has to do with with like the ease of propagating particular messages i don't know I don't have a good explanation a lot, okay, for why this Okay, so a lot happened. of it is sales funnels. So, like, these people like Joe Rogan and Alex Jones were early adopters into this supplement market. Like, and we're talking about, like, 10, 15 years ago. They're, like, talking okay. supplements. And, like, okay. it, it, slowly, like, people that are, like, on the fringes who are, like, I'm not right or left, but I'll listen to Alex Jones because he's, like, wacky. Like, Boy, isn't you he. You know, so what, what in, like, 20 years ago, an Alex Jones listener may have actually considered themselves left-wing. Has, like, these people have all, like, like, like you either kind of, like, stayed there and realized that, like, oh, God, Joe Rogan and, and Alex Jones are fucking crazy, or you kind of stayed with them to the, that, you know, through this whole thing, and you're, like, now constantly being marketed all of these different health things from like people who are ostensibly like right wing okay uh, like mouthpieces but i don't know that that is an explanation for why it happened unless you're saying that it was coincidental no well i'm just saying that's like kind of the market has like shifted to where it's like a lot of these more like well he's uh, the list he gives uh the list that sam gives here is um Fruit juice drinker, nudist, sandal wearer, sex maniac, Quaker, nature cure quack, <laughs> pacifist, and feminist. So a couple of those 
don't make the jump. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but, uh, particularly the last two. Um, but uh, the other ones are an anti-establishment thing. Yeah. So, so I would think, yeah, I would that's think in the last 15 the, years, it would be so, a belief that you have gone from being the establishment, which Buckleyite conservatism is institutional. Yeah. Like, and modern conservatism is not. Yeah. That's what I mean. Did Buckley want to destroy, like, all institutions? No. Okay. No, he's okay. the exact opposite. Okay. Yeah, he okay. is very much an institutionalist. But that's that's sort of what I was saying by, by this... Um, uh, I guess rise in the existence of like left-wing authority figures is is that you I know I think we're in- scared of I think we're being told we are but I still don't think there's a lot of left-wing authority figures but I guess people who are anti-vax fig- figured Biden for telling them to get vaxxed is now a left-wing authoritarian figure and they want freedom from that I mean <laughs> that is that is the the right-wing byline as yeah. far as that's concerned. <laughs> Um, Even though that feels like such a straw man, like we don't have any left-wing authoritarian figures I'm not, in no, no, no. reality. So, so let's be very careful. The distinction between authoritarian and authority is is a strong one. Well, what would you consider like leftist authority? So I would I would actually say like yeah, the the CDC on this front was a left authority figure. And it's not even that... But they kowtowed to him eventually. Like, they said, don't do anything about COVID eventually. Eventually, yeah. Yeah, yeah, completely agree with you. But somehow, this stuff got coded as left-wing at some point. Yeah. I I don't understand that process either, to be perfectly honest. But, uh, you know, institutionally speaking, there are authority figures, which is to say... It's like establishment figures yeah. that are associated with the left. Well, I guess days. now, and and like yeah. that is also a reversal of polarity with respect to 15 years ago that I just don't really understand. Yeah, because now, as far as the right's concerned, like all institutions are left wing authoritarian, uh-huh. so even if they're not. I guess that's what I mean is by yeah. they're not really, but yeah, they're no, every, they're all perceived now. Exactly, there's the nothing right. inherently political about like <laughs> about prevention of disease. Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> But but apparently there is, right? It and, has oh, yeah. become that. And so I, I think, like, so the, the simple hypothesis here, right, is that just everything comes down to this is my team and, and you know... Because these people happen to be in power when my team is in power, therefore they are they are on my team and boo the other guys and the other team is like, those guys are the bad guys. and uh, But this is like a very... It, it's, it's almost a... a vacuous hypothesis right well well and a lot of that just it comes down to the expediency of politics i mean with the process of turning everyone into mashed potatoes uh (laughs) social media has made it impossible to have a any meaningful platform in american politics with Mm -hmm. nuance of any kind agree um and one thing uh earlier on when uh sam was talking about uh william f buckley he talks about that entire legacy disappearing there are significant poles in it that still exist yeah. one of the one of them and it's interesting because he calls this one out specifically something that's anachronistic um the reason why joe biden is a leftist is because the right does a very politically expedient but also very smart very strategic thing of conflating everything left of joe biden as communism mm-hmm. and they are still avidly anti-communist I know, it's they so call, exhausting they call it socialism now yeah but it's it's but the it's exact the anti- same principle yeah it's the anti-communist tradition Any, of the 50s and 60s anything yeah. anything left of the most moderate republicans position is communism and you just conflate the whole tent uh, for oh, that yeah, purpose that's, it's awful which is why you can't discuss anything now 
except in polite company with sandwiches. <laughs> uh, nice, basically now spring day in Florida. Um, so this was just a menthol rub, and it didn't help his shaky legs, basically? He has no idea. Tingled. He's immune to the placebo effect, is what I'm saying. Okay. Yep. Which is a great power. Yeah, it's, <laughs> yeah. it's an incredible drug. Um, scientifically proven. <laughs> yeah. This this next bit is great. All right, so uh, he gives he gives the um, he gives the ointment uh, a verdict of tingled unpleasantly one star, <laughs> out of five. So not very good. Yes, out of a five star scale. Next product, Dark Winter by John L. Casey. Price free for three months. Then one hundred nine ninety five per year. Add copy. Scientist confesses global warming. <laughs> A $22 billion lie. That's so not that much money. <laughs> yeah. That's such a small amount of money. <laughs> Is this Dark Winter supposed to be a fiction book? or No. Well, no? no. well uh, it's not supposed to oh, be a okay, fiction okay, book. Oh, okay, okay, okay. <laughs> to quote Bill for... Like, it's just like a Dianetics level of, like... Yeah, it's getting close. Okay, okay. Yeah. Uh, to quote Bill Burr, I get all my news from the library now because they have the courtesies, the courtesy to separate the fiction and the nonfiction <laughs> sections. Um, quote: One morning, John L. Casey, whom you will know as the president of the Space and Science Research Corporation, made a horrifying discovery. He had looked at the data. He had added up the figures. It all made terrible, terrible sense. Here's how he describes the moment of revelation. My breath was taken away in an instant. I made a slow, deliberate, backward rock in my chair. Because you gotta, my, you got to commit to the bit. You from know. my work table and uttered a nearly silent, wow. And again, wow. After the longest, deepest inhale and exhale, I whispered the words, surely this cannot be. <laughs> um, and then he goes on to describe the, uh, the hypothesis, which is that... It, a very real cycle, this is another thing that conservatives are uh, really, really a fan of, is yep. just taking, Natural cycles. taking a thing. This, this is like a more pure form of the kernel of truth. This is where you literally, you take a fact and you build a non sequitur onto it. That's so like apparently, conspiracy. Yeah, there's like a multi-century uh, ecological cycle that happens that has virtually no impact on the actual world. Um, or uh, on the actual climate, um, but uh, it does happen. And that part is real. And that makes it a fact. Yep. You and can't. therefore, <laughs> there will be food riots, then famines. See, I, I can't hate this guy. I mean, this is, I do vibe with Sam on this. I can't hate people like this because I, lo I love conspiracy theories. They're like my favorite thing. I, I yep. love, yeah, but now you can't even enjoy them dots. in the left wing. They've been completely co-opted <laughs> by the disagree. right. It's I enjoy them worst. all the same. Uh, see, all you have to do to get over that, you can't let leftist scolds hold you down. Absolutely true. Yeah. The left is a self-hating institution. Oh, yeah. You just keep going. <laughs> you find what you're after. You connect the dots. And you figure out that global warming reversed... And uh, formed a new ice age, uh, what is, what, uh, yeah, On a, a 206 year cycle. Yeah, a decade ago, uh, everything collapsed into darkness. <laughs> Which sure seems like it would have shown up in the record I was going to say, more. we could probably look 
into that more closely I'm just see if that was real the, one of my other favorite things in conspiracy theories that really kicks it up is when they do the idiotic thing of being like really finite and specific about the information <laughs> so it's just like demonstrably wrong <laughs> like i love i love everything about this uh, if i didn't have like a, a job at a somewhat progressive institution i would i would get more into this stuff but um um, where do I, I don't have anything highlighted here. What do we want to talk well, about? Well, what this? I wanted to talk about is that uh, this purchase was not actually for this book. It was for a year's, uh, like a year long fucking, um, what was it, like investing newsletter? To Newsmax's yeah. ultimate wealth report. Yeah, yeah. So it had nothing to do with this, this whatever novel book, Dark Winter. It, it was about like getting you on the, the investment newsletter. Ultimate wealth report. God and I mean, these... which you could you could do a further Marxist reading of. <laughs> oh yeah, say... these investment letters are wild, and there is a lot of them, and they've been around a long time. How banks? Motley fool. <laughs> the war on cash, something the government distributes. <laughs> colon. How banks and a power hungry government want to confiscate your cash, steal, <coughs> steal your liberty, and track every dollar you spend. And how to fight back. Period. And how to fight back. <laughs> okay, I I can I can get behind the uh, the gold people up to the point where it doesn't make any sense. Um, on the outside, trying to protect your uh, government issued money, which also comes up with the gun um, <laughs> at a funny point. People really don't want to work all the way through problems. They're they don't have the time. They got too many cats to look at. I'm um. I'm very disappointed by the premise of this book, but I would read it just to see what's going on because I'm a nonfiction guy. Okay, yeah. okay. Well, for the low cost of $110 a year. I will not pay $110 You can probably <laughs> find a rip of this somewhere. Yeah, probably. Check I mean, I'm Sci sure Hub. it's just a little self-published ebook, essentially. Oh, it's I Look at Humanix Books. You can go right to the source. Humanix Books is an insane name for a publisher. <laughs> I don't... I don't... That that looks like it's out of a Philip K. Dick novel. <coughs> Any of you watch Newsmax? Any of you guys up on uh, your... Your right-wing uh, news publication? No, like I said, no. I don't watch any of this stuff directly. I get it filtered by other people that watch it and then report it to me. It's just like the oatmeal of right-wing politics. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It works pretty good. I do love Alex Jones to death. I, he's, he podcasts for oh, too long. His, his show's too long. Um, thankfully, there's sources for it. There, so. is a, there is a truly insane, like... Not not insane as in like oh this idea is so so you know wrong but just like truly madness inducing aspect to the information that Alex Jones presents that I like yeah quite a bit. it's great I don't know how anyone that's not schizophrenic could listen to Infowars I yeah. mean he all he does is yell and he's completely like incomprehensible like he doesn't have a coherent thought about anything and he's the fucking victim mentality of like personal grievance with him I, oh it's just the worst so relatable <laughs> verdict a fun read good for the beach four stars that made me laugh out loud <laughs> the good for the beach well, here's, here's the next gold the, so good you know the, yeah. the, the gold thing because all right wing like yeah, the media has to sell you on the fact yes. that eventually money is not going to be any good and, and this one will need gold for it this one has been going on for a, a much time. longer time yeah because my grandfather who is now now passed away 
Uh, but when he died, we found, like, gold bullion yeah, in his exactly. house that he had had there since, like, the 70s. Oh, yeah. Mm. Yeah, this one's this one's been... Ever since the queen went off the gold standard, this has been a common <laughs> conspiracy that you need to hoard gold. Yeah. No, our our uh, our grandmother oh, yeah. had a stash of gold standard magazine, <laughs> uh, which is just a magazine devoted to the sale of gold. Beautiful. She had several non-gold gold standard coins that's weird yeah she had like no actual gold <laughs> yeah no, it's so weird. the yeah. magazine sold her coins that were like commemorative but not yeah. actually yeah. gold yeah. <laughs> that's incredible yeah oh, God. she had an Ouch. she had a ton of silver and no like she no had no gold, gold but yeah, yeah no i remember yeah because i remember i ended up with some of those silver bars at some point there was one good point to sell silver and it was like the obama era right after uh, they they knocked off Bin Laden. Silver prices were through the roof, and I sold a ton of like silver nickels, and it was great. Silver's been useless since then. Like you're not going to make any money off. You tell me the challenge coin market has slipped. <laughs> well, now you. Just, I don't know what else you'd use it for. You just so. eat silver now. Yeah, that's true. You, you, know, you, you, you have to colloid it first. Yeah. <laughs> Is that like the shape it's in? What does that Is mean? Is it in a colloid? No, no. I think that means you got to take it underground in Switzerland and kind of. You know, spin it around a whole bunch. Very good. Go, make it into a liquid form. <laughs> I think that's colloidal silver. <laughs> um, anyway, begin sheltering your wealth with U.S. government issued. Again, there it is. Amazing. It's it's just it's it's in a state of being both good and bad at all yeah. times. The fact that this is government issued is right in the ad copy for these coins that you're using because you think the government the is going to collapse. <laughs> yeah. Pick a side. <laughs> what are we doing here? To recession-proof your portfolio. Also, the last time we had a recession, gold also went down. <laughs> so uh, that's what happens when you have a lot of money. So that's why the real estate market's been insane. Because it turns out, even with insane investment rates um, or interest rates... Uh, People still need houses. And no one's selling them. And um, there's a lot of inheriting going on right now. Because oh, yeah. <laughs> um, it turns out uh, boomers are like the wealthiest generation uh but they do die a lot yeah they do um and their kids like houses so uh but anyway uh i like a good uh i like a good coin he goes he waxes on about uh, harpers <laughs> and the stuff that's going on in harpers and i think he gives accidentally a really good definition of a harper uh, in the middle of summarizing that, the people who advertise in Harper's assume its readers are discerning adults who also happen to be deeply annoying. That's like a that's like a textbook definition of a Harper. So they're a job well done. I didn't look up what these scissors looked like. I, I probably should have, but uh, I wasn't sure I was going to be able to find them. Bespoke hats. Good old bespoke hats. Uh, the people who advertise, this is a quote, the people who advertise in National Review appear to assume that its readers are a bunch of absolute rubes. As we, as we established earlier. Yeah, yeah, that's what a conservative is. Someone you can cheat and cheat and they'll keep coming back for more. Things were not always like this. In 1960, the back page of National Review was taken up by a thank you note to the previous year's advertisers. Kohler, General Foods, J&L Steel, the Santa Fe Railway. Wow. Eminently beige institutions of respectable mid-century Americana, staffed by martini-drinking men with gray suits and German names, who called the younger employees son. People who'd witnessed 10,000 Japanese people burning to death at once. Whole families consumed together. Cities where every living thing was annihilated. And then afterward, they'd decided to spend all their free time either mowing or watering a lawn. Those men are what a lot of people still imagine when we imagine a conservative. It was fun to hate them, all pent up and straight-laced and so utterly uncool. 
But where have they gone? And where they've gone... Heart disease? Um, some of them heart disease, absolutely. Uh, Steak-heavy diet in the office. But I think there is a massive constituent of them. Like, the numbers don't add up. There's still, a lot of people... they're still on boards. Like, these people are still on boards. Well, that and there's... The math, like, if you do the math on the demographics, they just don't add up. There's a lot of conservative people who have successfully not turned their brains into pudding with politics. Like, there's still a mm-hmm. large number of these people okay. around. Yeah. Um, who generally just do not pay that much attention to political discourse. Like, they saw they, they saw the wind blowing on this and just opted out of it. And a lot of them do things like start uh, DEI programs at, uh, at companies. Um, it's one of my favorite... Uh, favorite things about the the entire uh, diversity equity inclusion uh, is, uh, initiative is that it allowed for the creation of new executive positions that have essentially no authority yeah that you can pad your numbers with <laughs> mm-hmm. um you know not to be that's what o- i mean these people all still run most of our companies yeah, like they, but they're not yeah. they don't they're, post all their bullshit online because they're respectable adults with like lives and well they, like they don't that. see the money in it no like this this kind of money is is criminal in a in a very secondary way like in a military contractor kind of way like being being the, the ceo of general foods which is a great name um like this you do a lot of backhanded dealing but you're not doing actual robbery like it's not so bold it's not trumpian in yeah. nature and these people are, they're institu- uh, institutional. Yeah, they are. Yeah. yeah. And they're still running things. And they run things in a more and more progressive way because that's where, again, they know where the wind's blowing and they see that, uh, but they still, they want the stability. So they tolerate, you know, my company's they a great example. They still want low tax, like, they, you, they still want, you know, tax reform that excludes them at every they, turn. Well, so they want they, they want their money as dividends. Yeah. They don't want their money as pure uh, pure extraction i guess maybe they want that that's that's not fair i'm being i mean we, we shouldn't little, read too much into yeah them, i'm being but. a little too charitable there but no it is it's the institutional anti-institutional divide um which makes me wonder i mean maybe they don't read national review anymore because the articles suck i would guess but these people do read something and i assume it's the wall street journal they just go straight or to the, the source financial now. times or yeah. something yeah, they don't they don't bother with the commentary side of things if it isn't directly related to power. That feels right. Just kind of what little of like corporate stuff I see like Lou interacting with at a high level. Yeah, I mean that's Andy. That's my theory for uh, your your previous question about that conversion from the left to the right. Uh, I'm there are a lot of leftists who became uh, right wing in the turnover of libertarianism. Mm-hmm. Because it turns out there were a couple of uh, philosophical threads there, and uh, <laughs> a fork came in the road, and a lot of them picked a, a dicey angle to play on it. Um, but they, those people kind of have to be the same on some level, because it's not. There's there's an aesthetic that I don't think people adopt. It's not an acquired taste, or no, it's not an acquired taste. It's it's something that you sort of are born with. Like I'm. At least in my experience, I, I don't see a lot of people making the conversion from a uh, a suit and tie to actually. Uh, you can be on the beach, but that's a very different thing. That's West Palm as uh-huh. opposed to Los Angeles. Yeah. Um, and I, ha- I have to imagine those people are the same, and they just picked up a different banner eventually. I don't know. It's something to think about. <laughs> um, anything else we want to cover on uh, gold? 
No, like I said, they've been hawking this gold scam forever. I mean, and like he said, I guess at least you do get gold if you actually buy gold, which like our family relatives yep. didn't even buy gold and were invested in this. It's weird. That was for the best. They invested in index funds. So. Yeah. Yeah, it did work out in the end. Yeah. Verdict, lovely, possibly evil. Four, <laughs> three stars. Definitely evil, I'll say. Oh, this is the telomere shit. Like, <laughs> yeah. this is this is like this is like science that we don't. I mean, we're like we have an idea that there are telomeres. We don't know anything fucking about it. But like, the National Review has like pills you can buy to lengthen your fucking chromosomal telomeres. It's it's out of this, it's out of this world where this this fucking well, lengthen shit your telomeres gone. and something else. Well, Nicole, Nobel Prize winning research links aging to telomeres, the protective DNA end caps on chromosomes. Time and oxidative stress can shorten telomeres, leading to premature cell aging and death. Clinical research shows telos 95, registered trademark, maintains telomere length and cellular health to enhance longevity. And uh, this is a good time, I, uh, I alluded to this yesterday, Andy, uh, to pull out my... Um, my immortality test. So Eric Schmidt founded Project Calico, which is a uh, multi-billion dollar NGO dedicated exclusively to life extension. Uh, and we know uh, we, we can, there's a really reliable test for whether or not it's working. As you look at a picture of Eric Schmidt, and he looks like a, 60 old, a 68 year old man there. So I'm going to assume they're still working on it. Yeah, um, we have not. Uh, we've not. Like figured every it out. single pharaoh and Chinese emperor also took this on as a pet project, and as far uh, they're all dead too, I think. Uh, yeah, you, yeah, for the so. most part. You know, <laughs> if one of them's not, I do. Lo I had forgotten entirely about the cryogenics thing. Oh yeah, I, I had not Epstein been. Epstein was very of involved in like that transhumanism type of shit, and was putting a lot of money towards stuff like that as well. Yeah, I. Um, I don't think there's anything inherently wrong with doing any of this. I mean, it's I just, think it's you know, fine researching aging. Like, that's fine. But, like, I don't, like, I don't understand what you're going to put in a pill that's going to make your telomeres longer. Like, this is, like, nobody even understands this medical science <laughs> yet anyways. It's, it's, it's such a weird one to advocate to. And literally, no one that didn't watch Dr. Rhonda episodes of the Joe Rogan podcast would know what telomeres are anyways. <laughs> yeah, that's what the doctors and leading, what is it, uh, Nobel Prize winning research is for. Well, then oh. they go on to talk about like some ancient Chinese emperor who, I don't know, also didn't solve this problem. That's, that's, Th this is Sam. I don't think, I don't think Li <laughs> Chi Huang <laughs> makes the ad I wouldn't be surprised. That, like ancient Chinese Dude, medicine. Yeah. Like, come on. By the way, the first emperor of China, Qin Shi Huang. Yeah. Uh, I like forbidding the word death to be spoken in your presence. Uh -huh. It's good. That's awesome. Yeah. <sighs> Anything else about... Uh, no, like I said, of all the things to sell the, supplements for, like telomere seems like a wild one. Yeah, but it's one pill you get, and you're done. And you got to get ahead, as we established. Yeah, that's right? true. This is, this is the edge that the doctors don't want you to have. <laughs> <laughs> so that you can live longer and then have more medical bills. So, yeah, sure, that one makes sense. You can live longer with a lower quality of life. What? But your telomeres, man, yeah. they're going to be so, so long. <laughs> the telomeres are hurting. Turns out it's just repackaged gas station boner pills. Did you what? hear that, Sam? Oh. What's going on? What's this, Sam? Telling him he can need to lengthen his telomeres so he oh. can live longer. Yeah. Oh. 
verdict. One day, someone will choke to death on one of these things. One star. <laughs> Donors trust, Andy, you mentioned. I, 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 I tend to agree. Uh, this is... Straight up. Yeah, this, this is why the magazine exists at this point in time. Donors trust the Community Foundation for Liberty. Price, minimum, $10,000. Ad copy. <laughs> Quote, I give to make college a time to explore ideas freely. I give with donors trust. He didn't do this one <laughs> by his own admission. Um, but uh, donors trust is is basically just a fundraiser for uh, conservative causes. You give a bunch of money and uh, they make sure that uh, woke stays out of the schools, which they have not succeeded at in any way, shape or form. So I don't know what I know, but I'm for. tired of this fight. They need to just leave make a deal. Alone. <laughs> They need to be donating money to put woke in the schools. That's oh, right. yeah. Oh, we don't have to worry about that. That's what I'm sure. for. No, they've got... Uh, <laughs> it's because they've from got... The inside. Yeah, don't worry. <laughs> they've got the Young America's Foundation. Yep. Oh, yeah, this, is, this was by far my favorite section. All right. Mine, too. Tired uh, of your school silencing conservatives? You are a student who believes in freedom. <laughs> Love of country and the Bill of Rights. Can you hear the national anthem playing in the back? Yes, I can. I'm just imagining Starship Troopers. But while your leftist peers are coddled in campus safe spaces, you find yourself under attack from leftist professors, politically correct administrators, and radical students. That's why you need the Young America's Foundation. I like the I like Schrodinger's leftist radical student who are somehow simultaneously coddled in campus safe spaces. And attacking conservative students. Oh, look! These yeah. people are under attack. They need a safe space on campus <laughs> where they're not being attacked by <laughs> their leftist professors. No, I'll, uh, it's, there's no, there's no. I, I'm not going to quote it exactly, but it's like there's no grievance the right, um, <laughs> the right has that they didn't invent. Very like true. there is. Yeah. It's, it's it, that's literally what they want. They just want what the left has. Uh -huh. um, which is fair. It's probably like awesome. culture and cool stuff and oh. people that are cool. And a place and to go. People that cool do shit. good music. Yeah. People who agree with them. This was the section that I read more than once because <laughs> I loved it. So, um, yeah, I, I love how, well, this is where we really get into the kind of journalism because this guy goes, starts like starts like traveling and moving for this one. Oh, yeah. Because yeah. he starts out trying to. <laughs> Investigate. Well, because he's in London and he's not a student. So he's like pretends he's from New York University to get this chapter going. <laughs> and I love like just the enthusiasm. They come back and they're like, oh, thank Christ. <laughs> somebody's right a conservative yeah. is getting oppressed in New York. Like this is really our chance. <laughs> And then he has to, you know, I guess probably just ghost them because he neither lives in New York and is not a student. <laughs> so, um, but it does it does take him on a journey to Lexington. Um, um, that is is that this one or excellent. is that the next one? I I can't no, it does remember. because because it's, when it's this one because okay. he signs up, uh -huh. they send him a bunch of. Uh, IOUs for merch and an invitation to go to that Walsh meeting. Well, that's what I mean. Oh, okay. When yeah. he can't start his own, he's like, well, let me find a different YAF group that I can go see what they're doing. And he finds, like, Matt Walsh at the height of the what is the woman craze Perfect. in Lexington, Kentucky. <laughs> so I don't know if you want to discuss uh, what you want to discuss here, but I want to make a comment about the way he describes the mouth breathers in Lexington. Yeah, yes. no, that, now, that part was fascinating. No, I've never gone to Lexington. I almost did it 
on a road trip that fell apart. And I'm so glad I haven't gone to Lexington because like my view of people in the South are exactly how this guy describes them. Just like nonverbal mouth breeders that would actually watch Matt Walsh. Who would watch Matt Walsh? He is the least charismatic person ever. And he's clearly very stupid. What? Yeah, it was related. Oh, so good. Yeah, I have I have this section highlighted. Very this, good. this was this was the section. This paragraph was the one that inspired even doing a review of this. Okay. Uh, quote the why uh, he's at the Matt Walsh conference um, in Kentucky and, at like the University of like Lexington or something like that. Uh, the university, I think it is just the University of Kentucky. Okay. But go he, Wildcats. Uh, yep. Yeah. Go Wildcats. Um, but this is this is his concluding paragraph uh, surveying the surveying that event. The YA, quote, the YAF organizers all seem to be women, too. Immaculately put together with women sandy blonde hair. Themselves. Oh, yeah. What? That's where the jobs are. American <laughs> flag lapel pins and names like Paisley. When they graduated, they would be newsreaders and provincial corporate lawyers and state congressional aides. But their movement had gone wrong, and the males had all turned catatonic <laughs> oh or feral. God. At the end of the 1984 BBC film Threads, we see the first generation born after a nuclear war that's returned Britain to feudal squalor. The children of the bomb are barely capable of speech. They watch a children's show on damaged old VHS tape, and their eyes are blank. They understand nothing. I felt some of that bleakness as I walked out of the Matt Walsh lecture. Something bad had happened to these kids. Something as catastrophic as a nuclear war had occurred, invisibly, in their lives. Phones, screens, neglect... America. Their politics were just another expression of that catastrophe. The YAF and Matt Walsh are basically mainstream Buckleyites, but it's a husk eaten from the inside by the larva of something else. The wordless, imbecile politics of the future. Yeah, no, this is like, so this is how I feel basically about like conservatives. And then I love reading stuff that, you know, like... That, that establishes that. And I'm like, oh, yeah, of course people in, like, Kentucky that would go see a Matt Walsh fucking thing, like, can barely string two fucking words together. Like... See, I'm... Uh, this makes me sad, though, because as as a conservative at heart, um, I want conservatives to uh, be uh, exciting. And Matt Walsh is not exciting. No, absolutely not. And he's a product of this culture. But there is a way out. And his name is Jordan Peterson. Because the other way you can go, instead of being a fucking conservative scold like Matt Walsh, you can be a neurotic megalomaniac, self-help guru like Jordan Peterson. <laughs> and the way you get there is not like the previous era. Because the old Jordan Peterson is Tony Robbins, a six foot eight <laughs> titan of a man who runs around screaming all the time oh, God. <laughs> he's like he, he's like the literal like prototype of a strong man yeah he's, he's a fucking gross. actual alpha jordan peterson sounds and behaves like his audience which is how he gets empathy from that audience which is what you need in the internet era because you have to immediately glom onto something and something you can immediately glom onto is a mirror uh, which is what Jordan Peterson presents to all of his yeah, ineffectual. Yeah, he he loves his incels. Yeah. And and the thing <laughs> is, Jordan Peterson is tremendously successful because he is extremely smart, knows what he's talking about in a very specific set of deep domains. And I do, I I'll be honest, I do I do like listening to the guy. I find him very entertaining to listen to. 
um, and I think he's very good at stories. But the thing is, it, this is the evolution of Tony Robbins because back in the '60s and the set or the '60s is too early. Um, in the '70s and '80s, Americans were actual alphas. Like this was a this was an attitude that they presented in the business world, especially the kind of people that Tony was trying to get. It, like it, Jordan Peterson's trying to get you to clean your room. Tony Robbins is trying to get you to Do catapult your life. Cocaine. Yeah, he, he's yeah, trying to get it, you like, to control everyone around you. He, to want, he wants you to reach money. your potential by actually getting after it um, in a way that the new people. Again, you either you go into the Peterson camp, you go into the Andrew Huberman, Joe Rogan, Jocko Willink camp of like strict. Uh, strict no dessert style <laughs> self improvement stoicism like or you go into the Jordan Peterson camp which is the uh, sort of pseudo intellectual version of the same it's it, it's weird because Jordan Peterson is like extremely Christian but he's also definitely a product of new atheism um, because he he's a facts and, he's he's a facts and logic guy in the same way that Sam Harris and Hitchens were uh, he sort of fuses the two because he's rhetorical in a way that the other ones were not. Um, which is also unsurprising in the fact that I kind of like Jordan Peterson because I kind of like those guys. I used to be able to listen to Jordan Peterson. I think his brain has been completely fried and whatever was actually enjoyable about him is completely gone. I do. I, I had never listened to much Sam Harris, but I've recently listened to a little bit about him and I, he's definitely problematic too, but I get why people still listen to him. Well, he's uh, he's a pure institutionalist. Yeah, yeah that's what I mean. Is, I, if, I like I I do get why people still listen to him though. I listen to him off and on. Um, I I've fallen away from him. I used to be a basically a zealot of his stuff okay. for a minute there while I was in the transition of trying to figure out what to be instead of a libertarian. He was very appealing there. Andy, do you have experience with these people? Do you peripheral experience? I know enough about sort of the ideological underpinnings and the tone to, you know, follow what, what you guys are saying, but I don't have any particularly strong feelings one way or the other. Did you, um, what was your interaction with the, uh, the atheist counter-apocalypse horseshit from the aughts? Oh, this is, this was the time when I was, when I was still deep in, in conservative Christianity land. That's kind of why and, I'm interested. You know, yeah, no, it, I, I mean, it, here's the thing is that that time, uh, was not, a time that I was particularly online or cared very much about politics in general. Okay. And so, you know, this, I, I was aware that this sort of stuff was happening. Um, but a, you know, these are, these are temptations, which, uh, which you should not subject yourself to <laughs> lest you find yourself agreeing with any of them. And then, you know, uh, yeah. The, then the thing happens, and that's yep. that's unacceptable. But women um, get in the workforce. Yeah, you know, and and suddenly you're not having kids anymore, and women are wearing lipstick in the workforce. How are we supposed to respond to that? You know, look, we don't know if it works yet. Now, no, right? we don't. We have no idea. We haven't run the office experiment with women long enough. We need another hundred <laughs> years before we know if it's working. Um, yeah, no. So I I uh, viewed viewed this sort of from very far away. Shall we say? Yeah, that's fair. Anna, were you? What was your experience of the the atheist counter apocalypse that was going on for a little while there in the aughts? Did you run into any of that stuff? What? 
Yeah, that's what I thought. Okay, so it makes perfect sense that you wouldn't know anything about okay. it. Uh, the the exact kind of people that you hate were all about it. Oh, okay. like me when I was younger. Um, oh, okay. Uh, what do we got here? Oh, uh, this is him describing uh, Lexington, Kentucky. The art critic Dean Kissick once described the scene around Dime Square in New York as the internet expressed in physical space. A real place mapped onto the internet, but also a mapping of online performances and aesthetics back onto the real world. He was thinking of Twitter and its esoteric cliques, but the actual internet is mostly Reddit and Facebook. It's made of Marvel fans and pictures that bring you good luck if you share, and recipe videos where everything is made of bacon and cheese. Its physical representation is Lexington, Kentucky. And just like the internet, when you're in Lexington, you're always alone. Very good. Yeah. That line, go back up there real quick. U of K struck me as an institution for people who want to go to school but aren't interested in any of that gay learning shit. <laughs> <laughs> that is a beautiful sentence. Oh, man. Oh god! I like that. Uh, yeah, they're basic. There's signs all over their school that there should be no gathering, soliciting, or loitering. They're like, don't hang out. Like, Do not hang out with other people. That's why I'm paying to go here. <laughs> uh, and then this one, I just have to get in because I'm I'm a big fan of rhetorical reversals. So about Matt Walsh. Uh, his talk that evening was titled "What Is a Woman?" after his 2022 documentary film of the same name. I'd seen it. Matt Walsh's work exemplifies what I've started calling the reverse Lenny Riefenstahl effect. Even if you agree with him, you have to admit he's an absolutely terrible filmmaker. Oh yeah, he's just like, there's like he has no charisma, he doesn't sound smart, like I just, oh, he's the energy that guy puts off is just so off-putting, that fucking Matt Walsh. Yeah. No, he's uh, <sighs> he's a bad sign. A haunting vision of the future, zero stars. That's yeah, yeah. <laughs> that I, I'm like I said, I I found this. Se- this was by far my favorite section, yeah. and I I agreed with most everything he laid out here. The bit, the bit at the very end. I'm not sure being silenced is your main problem when your entire youth constituency is too <laughs> autistic to speak. <laughs> yeah. Uh. Well, no, and there's a lot of ways to read that, right? I mean, a lot of this, a lot of this is as reactionaries. You don't have much to say because mm-hmm. you're. Inherently, just in favor of whatever's already happening. Yeah, you're yeah. like, if you're power oriented, there's not, uh, you only have to justify. You're not like build, you're not attempting to build a structure by which you can determine the principles of life. You are simply in opposition to other people's principles. Yeah. And what's really annoying, not to drag into a very, <clears throat> into a bit of a digression and hate on the left even more. Uh, this isn't the left. I guess it's the center. Anyway, um, this is exactly what the Democrats do now. Uh, they're also reactionaries. They're just being double reactionaries. Yeah, no. <laughs> like, I... Joe, Biden, Joe Biden's primary quality is not being Trump. Um, and this is, a, this is a bad way to run a country. This no, is it's not... terrible. Like, listen, the, the, you're talking more about, yeah, just kind of like the libs in the middle. Like... Those people, their oppositionalism is getting it, very they're, they're problematic. They're terrible. Like, like all they do is just like try to like be more conservative to not ruffle people's feathers, and it's just been a terrible, terrible fucking like strategy for so long, and it's very frustrating. Well, I mean, it's evolved. Though. I mean, that oh, yeah, no, that's, I know recent, evolved, that's, that's a recent evolution. I feel like. Well, well, the because... uh, triangulation is what Bill Clinton called that, yeah. where you you appease the conservatives yeah. in order to give them no planks. We tried that for a long time, um, and now it's turning into a version of that where you know we let 
uh, Trump in the White House, and uh, everyone went insane. Yeah. And now they don't believe anything <laughs> um, aside yeah, from... Yeah, no, it's, it's not great. Yeah, you're supposed to have external enemies, um, but currently the biggest enemy in the United States was one of the presidents. Uh, it's, it's really not a good... It's not a good position to be in. It's a strange time when, like, Trump, Trump felt pretty nihilistic in the sense that there wasn't... There wasn't really a consistent principle there. It, w it was just, like, I am me, and you should vote for me. He goes with and whoever likes him the most. Well, he yeah, wanted it, to be president. Yeah. yeah. Like, that's what he wanted. He didn't want a politics. He wanted to be president. Yep. And, and to it's see... It's good for his brand. <laughs> it, is, it is tragic to see, like, abandonment of principle all around. And, but, but I have to... I, I always have to ask this question when conversations like this happen. Are we just, like, experiencing the same thing that literally every generation experiences where they become jaded about, like, the political process and, and realize that politicians don't actually have any principles? It feels different to me, but also this is the first time that I'm really experiencing this, so, like... They don't... So, the, the problem is that we're getting, we're getting a double layer of cynicism. Like, every generation has the first layer of cynicism, which is the politicians are full of shit. They uh -huh. don't mean what they say. Yeah. The problem is the politicians are now acting like we know that, mm. which is fundamentally different. Yeah. Like, you... There is no more kayfabe. Okay. Yeah, purporting yeah. to hold principles is different than not doing so. Uh-huh. Um, you, you have... Like, there has to be a facade. Uh-huh. You can't... You cannot <laughs> just run. Like, it, yeah, no, it, and it turns out it's decorum does actually matter. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. That that kind of stuff, even though it, it's one of the, it's one of the reasons why um, atheism is always a, um, it's always kind of a weird cultural sticking point. And it's why I, I, I firmly, I stand with Matt Chrisman on this. There are definitely uh, Catholic and Protestant atheists because the thing is you don't ever, the atheism is always a rejection of some other thing. Uh -huh. um, and the, the structure of American individualism is still Christian, even if it's atheist. Because uh -huh. it's built on that. Um, it's, yeah, you, and, but that's, <laughs> you, can, you can purport to be, simply looking at the facts and recognizing that there is no God. But you still are, you're still living in a society that is structured along narrative lines that include things like the existence of a God in the most important story anybody ever told. And if you don't acknowledge that, even if you don't quote-unquote believe it, bad things happen. Things fray. And uh, you, can't, you, you, can't simply, you, you can't simply wipe all of that away, mm -hmm. which is what Trump did. Um, and a lot of conservatives clearly, subliminally, and then finally consciously realized that that's, that was the most appealing form of their own philosophy that they had developed in their head as they lost. Mm -hmm. Like Obama was a tremendous, uh, you know, to call him a worse turning point than Trump, it's, it's hard to the argue. Obama years <laughs> it's, are so rough in it's, hindsight. Well it's, tough to, well, it's tough to properly gauge their effect against each other, but conservatives did not like having a black president. <laughs> no, no. And for two consecutive, for consecutive terms. Yeah. That made a lot of them really, really nihilistic. Oh, mm -hmm. yeah. Which, again, that's not Obama's fault, but it's just, that's that's the way it works. Yeah. yeah. But he also choose to, chose to ignore the fact that that was the case in a lot of ways, too. Yeah. Like, he, they didn't really want to, like, be like, oh, God, we got to deal with the fact that, uh, like, how, you know, like, I don't know, 30% of the voting base is, like, ready to start shooting people because there's like a black person they're just like no we're just gonna 
like just ignore these people and then we ended up with trump good old trump yeah <laughs> 2024. All right. <laughs> On to, um, this was the original clue in that I got, uh, was Vinny tried to get me to buy this pistol. Those who found an American um, pistol. I'm sorry, what? What? <laughs> <laughs> um, price, available on request. Uh, ad copy. Our nation's 250th anniversary will be here within the next three years. That's such a great... It's like, you know, just give or take some time. Uh, and Heirloom Arms is producing limited editions for what has made America great. There would be no anniversary to celebrate if it was not for the brave souls who have come to be known as our founding fathers. These men faced hardships and risked their lives for the sake of a better tomorrow. Our country will forever be indebted to these men, for they laid the foundation to our nation. As our nation faces troubles today, we must fight to defend our Founding Fathers' principles and values. The Second Amendment gives us the right to bear arms, and we celebrate that right by etching their legacy into steel. Metal is fun. And I love the segue. Anyway, yeah. since I was in Kentucky already, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> I thought I may as well do the gun. All right, here we go. What? That's, okay. So That is better than what I imagined. So, <laughs> so Sam Chris makes the assertion that that uh 1911s are uh i i should just find the the quote he has down here guns are fun the m1911 and the ar-15 have no real purpose except to kill people but they're also the most entertaining objects it's possible to own maybe it's because you're skirting the edge of something as enormous as death Right now, I'm perforating a paper target with the world's most entertaining hole punch. But at any moment, I could do something that would make the nightly news. I won't, but I could. Maybe this is the game law-abiding gun owners play as they look at their families, their children, <laughs> the strangers they see on the street every day. I won't. Of course I won't. I would never. But I could. But I could. But I could. <laughs> it must be such a secret reservoir of joy. America, what an incredible country where it's everyone's God-given right to know what they could. See, and while I do, I agree with the sentiment of all of this, the, the reason why the M1911 is an entertaining object to own is because its real job is not to kill people, but to look as awesome as possible. <laughs> and uh, they haven't meaningfully improved the look of this gun in over 100 years, besides giving it a stainless steel slide or a fetching uh, gold leaf, gold nickel thing uh, like they've got on this Founding Fathers pistol. It's also funny that he uses that specific example of the 1911 because uh, it's it's maybe the least lethal pistol anyone's produced since. It holds <laughs> seven rounds and weighs three pounds. It is a completely self-defense weapon. It doesn't work past about 20 feet. Uh, AR-15 is a different story, of course. Any child can kill anyone at any distance with that one. Um, yeah. As far as uh, price goes, I would guess that this pistol costs uh, somewhere between two and three thousand dollars. Um, given that a nice 1911 costs about twelve, twelve hundred. Um, but I didn't find out. I did not call. Uh, I'm not <laughs> as much of an intrepid journalist as uh, as Sam is. Although Sam didn't ask how much it called either. So, or but you whatever. could. Yeah, that was it. Was an option. Yeah. <laughs> uh, anything we want to cover on this one? No. Fair enough. The 10th annual William Muff Buckley <laughs> Price Dinner. This got me. <laughs> this is, this yeah, whole this is description good. of New York. I've been there one time. <laughs> and I, I, I felt this <laughs> deeply. Starts at $1,000 a head. Ad copy. Join us for the 10th annual William F. Buckley Jr. Prize Dinner. The 10th annual William F. Buckley 
Jr. prize to cut this a lot of words, was held in October in New York City. I love New York, but every time I visit, things are just a little bit worse. While I was there, a woman w was pushed in front of a subway train. The attack was random. It happens every few weeks. In the West Village, I saw a half-naked man shivering on the sidewalk, eyes white and rolling, froth forming at his lips. There was a line of people outside some very vibey boutique. They didn't help him. I didn't either. On 35th Street, two toothless, filthy people dressed in rags were having a violent argument without either of them uttering a single word. Mm one roared. The other ran up and started jamming a finger in his face. He said, Every single time I took the subway, I shared my carriage with someone who was talking. Sometimes the talker's tone would be quiet and even, but he would still keep up their constant conversation with absolutely no one wandering up and down the car, talking. And you did not want to meet the talker's eyes in case he started talking to you. It's rare, but sometimes the talkers attack or kill other passengers. Sometimes they themselves are attacked and killed. Uh, Anna, did you have any of these specific experiences? No, but uh, I literally just thought of a moment when uh, I went to D.C. And there was a woman who was being attacked by a man. And when we called 911, there was literally an automated message that was like, we're really busy, so leave a message. <laughs> and I didn't know that that's that 911 did that. But yeah, no, the, I'm I'm imagining being in New York uh, and calling 911 and that happening. I mean, have you ever been in a crash in Florida and called 911? Because uh, I have not had a positive experience once with that. That's true, but at least you get talked to a person. This was just like it was no, literally an answering. machine. No, it was okay. an answering machine. Very like good. we didn't like I. This woman was being beaten, and the DC 911 was like, we're very busy, leave a message, and then it beeped and hung up. I was like, oh, yeah. What, what a country. <laughs> what a <laughs> New York, New York. Does anyone have anything they want to discuss here? I love that. No, I mean, you know, it's... The homeless problem is getting worse in a lot of cities, not just New York. New York's always been known for, you know, having a lot of crazies, but, the, you know, they're... They're everywhere. I was recently in San Francisco. And there you go. In the in the week that I was there, in its defense, I was only threatened with death once on the street. Oh, okay. I only almost stepped in human feces twice. And I guess the racial slur was coupled with the death threat, so those are kind of one and the same, but... Yeah. Juice, you know, that's, juice in the stats. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, everything's good out here. We got uh, got all kinds of good stuff going on. Anyway, so this uh, this is some sort of uh, prize award thing, and uh, there's a bunch of expensive people. And in Sam Chris's total not defense, if I saw him walking toward an establishment of repute, I would also assume he was up to no good. I don't know if you've seen a picture of him. No, I haven't. He he looks let's, like let's see let's pull a picture up. Yeah, he looks like a ne'er do well. He he looks like a vagrant. Um, let's see. Let's get a picture. Well, of this he guy. had like a like a thrift store. Um, suit that they picked out for him. He does look like a vagrant. Look at his, <laughs> his, his, his... He doesn't have good face symmetry. He just, you know... Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I, okay. I, I wouldn't let him into a dinner either. <laughs> yeah, you wouldn't be able to dress him up enough to get into a black tie event. Yeah. So, better look next time, Sam. You gotta send someone else. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he should have sent a proxy in his place. Yeah. Dress code. Black tie. Of course it was black tie. <laughs> uh. 
No, this whole description was very entertaining. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, do, I loved it. I do have a friend in New York that gets into like these black tie events for various uh, like various reasons. Sometimes it's like like through the Masons and stuff like that. And it is fun listening to him talk about the people at like the Explorers Club annual gala and stuff like that. <laughs> and he's like, Oh, and I sat at this table. One lady took a minibus through a ran in like the sixties and this other guy and that's it's always just like weird characters, but mm. I'm sure, you know, the people sitting at your table at the William F. Buckley Award event probably <laughs> aren't as like colorful as like you yeah. know, the Explorers Club. Probably not. <laughs> know, there's probably a lot of perverts in there. There's probably, there's probably some good stories. Yeah, but you probably on. can't talk to them about it. You know, not in yeah. Not they're in so that tight-lipped so. about that. Look, every time somebody gets out of Congress and wants to like spill the beans on the cocaine sex parties, like the Republican parties all gang up on them. They they want to keep that shit under lock. They don't want you to know how much fun they're having behind the scenes. <laughs> so, so I uh, maybe maybe this does change at some strata but uh i find that in conversation everyone is constantly desperately um hinting at everything they're not supposed to say um i don't find that people are very good at uh suppressing that kind of thing secrets eat you from the inside out yeah um it's part of my broader theory uh that includes that no one acts that everyone simply evokes from inside yeah um no one's capable of lying um in the As same, it is written, from the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. Yeah, it's like there's no one, no one's really that good at that stuff. They're, they're, they can't wait for it to get out. Quote. Uh, Tanya. Unquote. Fucking name Sir, drop. Very I cool. am Tanya. <laughs> very good. He really, he really uh, thought he was going to get Val- somewhere with that. I am Tanya. Put him on the list. But again, even if my name was Jessica, if this guy said that, I might just lie and say I was Tanya just to not have to deal with this oh, sound. Yeah. <laughs> so I get it. All right. Probably the least cool party in New York that evening. One star. Cottage care. Price. My dignity. Add copy. Act justly. Be generous. Walk humbly. I don't know. That's... I think okay, so what is this? This was my second favorite one. Okay, so I am curious. Okay, this is about like a like a I guess a you know conservative owned maid service, <laughs> and now technically, like usually maids are like I don't know people, like you know like a, like an underclass of like immigrants you pull in. Like who is he hiring these? Like what? We, Probably an is... underclass of immigrants. Okay. Yeah. okay. No, 100%. Yeah. yeah, like... They're the ones with is... the skill base. Yeah, this, yeah. Is, this yeah. is 100% a way to dress up, like, exploitation of immigrant that's, labor. That's, as... that's basically yeah. just what it felt like. Um, but the more interesting part about this, I thought, was the Airbnb that he thought was haunted that he rented. Because, yeah. like, I've heard some great <laughs> stories about, like, when you go into, like, the sticks of the Northeast and there being, like, old houses and forests that feel haunted... Um, I guess that is really a thing. It's it's cool. Yeah. It's not a lot of conservative commentary in it necessarily, no. but it is it is a good read. The bit about um, if you if you go up oh, uh, oh. To, to the beginning here, where it's the the Schraders seem like genuinely nice people. I'm sure they're all deeply conservative down to the bone. They just don't seem to realize that saying stuff like "we need to care less about our personal freedoms <laughs> and more about other person's feelings." Is now in certain circles, circles the language of the enemy. Yeah, and yeah, that that very much embodies the like deep tribal divide that some things have have ended up on. Yeah. 
well, that I mean, we were discussing it, earlier. Yeah, I, and that's that's the erosion of institutional religion within as one of the tent poles. I yep. mean, it's it's a it's a movement from a ca a more Catholic because that's the other thing. Buckley is Catholic, um, which informs a lot of the way that he behaves. Mm. Um, a a Catholic toward a Protestant view of those things, uh, specifically an evangelical uh, Protestant view, where your God is not it, God is not acting through the church. God is acting directly through you, and your largesse <laughs> is a direct response to your virtue. Um, that's that's where all of the personal freedom horseshit comes comes through, and it's why that's appealing to evangelicals, uh, specifically old ones and specifically rich ones. Um, but yeah, I like his description of a dog. I like oh his, yeah. Uh, where is? That's always, I imagine Sam. It's a way down here. Always. I'm sure everyone's very proud of you. <laughs> <laughs> it's the most British way to handle that situation. But dogs are immune to reasoned argument. <laughs> yeah. Where is it? It's. I just try to get past. It's where yeah. your little. I was just beginning to enjoy myself when a large, <laughs> furious projectile exploded out of one of the nearby houses and raced barking towards me. <laughs> yeah, no, it's it very good. Classic japes yeah. from Sam Chris. Walking his groceries. Yeah, he back. just he has yeah. like a fun like northeast rural experience mm -hmm. like at the end of this. Yeah. That's like I said, not really political, but is very enjoyable to read about. I felt in incredible guilt when he he uh, wrote the bit about like <laughs> you should clean up your own mess. <laughs> it was like <sighs> you're probably right. Oh yeah, but also I, I do pay someone to clean my house every other week. Delegate. Critical. Do my own dishes now. Do Specialization. Dishes Please forgive me. me. Four stars. <laughs> the Petito. Price $9,900. See, this one, I felt like we needed Matt on, on this section. Yeah. Because he knows more about sailing boats. And this sounds like most definitely a sailing boat and not a yacht. He did uh, He did say he didn't get this far, though. Okay. Yeah. So. No, uh, this... Uh, a, a mechanical knowledge of boats will not get you what you need out of this <laughs> section. And I don't know that he goes into it much, but uh, this is, uh, it's, the Petito is uh, William F. Buckley's yacht. Um, but it's just like a 40-foot sailing boat. It's not really like a no, it's not, fancy. It, it's, yeah, it's not even that big. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's um, just a, it's, it's a little boat. It's not like a big yeah, it's designed yacht. To, it, it's designed to take select members of the yeah. Yale graduating class out and... Yeah possibly allegedly sexually assault them on the sea um, as part of an initiation right into uh, the conservative intelligentsia. That sounds, that nice. sounds accurate. Um, you know, it's still open to speculation. Maybe that doesn't happen, but of, of course it does. I'm going um, with it. <laughs> Why wouldn't it happen? There's got to be, look, some of the conspiracies have to be right. Like <laughs> yeah. some of them, people collude on things. Right. Oh, yeah. And people keep secrets. And this one seems really obviously what's happening. I don't know what else. Yeah, the stories have to come from somewhere. Yeah, but this is just this is just showing Buckley. You know, he was like his hobby of having like this little boat that he can go take people out on and feel yeah. like the captain of his of the sea. Yeah. No, it's people it's, love that shit. And he wrote a memoir. To use the the Gen Z phrase, it is very aesthetic of him. Yeah, yeah. it is. Being. Being a captain uh, with nothing but God in the ocean. Uh, but yeah, that's uh, that's basically it. Unless anybody has anything else they want to cover on the boat. 
I just thought this was a good essay. No, I, I like. Well, I like that like this it. boat is like technically for sale in the magazine, oh, even yeah. though it's you know like it's way past its sailing days. No, it's, <laughs> it's just to say that you owned it. It's one of those yeah. things. Yeah. Okay. It's like owning Alex Jones's desk. People are aiming for that, but I they haven't had to liquidate the Infowars building yet. That guy <laughs> spends way too much money on everything. What? Well, I, I mean, you gotta look professional. Uh, I don't know if that's what I'd call it. <laughs> professional. Do you see how big that desk is? You gotta look confessional. So, that's an essay. I recommend you read it since we only read about four percent of it while we were here and it's a good but we time. did review all the products and we did review all the products and we did argue about what conservatism is was and didn't talk at all about what it will be because uh it's, i don't it's even know now it's, it's it is mind-blowing where it's at right now i yeah. i think i think uh given given that there is really not much there it could go anywhere, and therefore I have no idea where it's going. Again, I think it's too depressing to speculate, because it's just <laughs> not, like... No, it's not great. Yeah. Because the forces arrayed against it are also practically non-existent. That's, Although yeah, I, I am thrilled for Kamala Harris to finally become president. Because she is... <laughs> if the president is supposed to embody the, the, the periods... She's she is absolutely the president we deserve. That is, just yeah. absolutely <laughs> zanned out. <laughs> she like like man like yeah when the stuff she says just seems like you're just like what she talks Every like an time. entire class of people. Oh. That I, I just it's I'm, it's I'm ready. Amazing. I'm ready. It is. I, I think you're right. It is. It is the kind of leadership we deserve. Yeah. I mean the 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 we one we just want to go to bed. Man. The one <laughs> positive thing about the Biden is I As am is that they have they have embraced the dark Brandon marketing and I think that's a good move for for the libs because they're usually terrible at the marketing stuff. Well, yeah, um, it was made up by a guy that hates. Joe Biden. Of it was course. made up by Andromentum. No, that's what a, that's why it's been great. I think it's a great move that they leaned into it. I feel like that's progress for them, basically, yeah, I'm, is I'm all I'm glad they're saying. consciously increasing the number of schizophrenics in the United States. <laughs> posting from Joe Biden's account after the Super Bowl saying, just like we planned it. My God. With Joe Biden with the glasses on. Oh, yeah. It's like, oh, yeah. You're just trying to inspire shootings. Like, I don't, like, what do you, like, there's no productive way to read what you just did. I don't know. There. It's kind of funny. What? Yeah. So you got that a lot going. of things are just kind of funny. I'm not, I'm not thinking, yeah. So, how do you think, well, like, with the Kamala, are we just going to assume, like, Biden's going to kick the bucket at here and we're going to end up with Kamala? Because we're certainly not going to elect Kamala. He's, uh, what? I mean, look, at this point. <laughs> yeah. You know, anything's possible, okay. um, but of the three, I I really don't, I feel like it won't be a damn breaking, it'll just be a sigh, because they don't, I like, for one thing, it, it seems very likely that a lot of conservatives will actually stay home because they actually believe that the elections are no, rigged. Th this, uh, that, um, which that is has hilarious. Been, that yeah. has been a trend since 2020. Yeah, I like, I... It would not surprise me if that's what loses Trump the election. Um, but it is absolutely his to lose right now. Because um, uh, all those people that uh, don't like our support of foreign wars, uh, they're not going to come back. No, they're pretty angry about that uh, They're going to stay home. Um, because there aren't a lot of things that Americans actually give a shit about. 
And a lot of them don't like having blood on their hands. Mm. Um, so that's which be they, tough. yeah, which like you know Dems are not used to because they're like I said, it was always about decorum. Like you get the blood on your hands, but you say nice things on the front and just keep everyone. Well, there's something even there. There's somehow something even worse about the fact that like we are simply funding it. Yeah. Like we're not even convinced enough to do the work ourselves in yeah, there's no us in Ukraine. Yeah. <laughs> like we we're outsourced. Like yeah, it's we're just it's like the it. worst yeah. possible no, it's, Like that is definitely gotten yeah. yeah, people don't like that shit, especially coming out of like the twenty years in the Middle East. Yeah, and, and the only shit. people who think Trump is gonna be worse on that are all Democrats. So <laughs> he's not he's not losing shit over it. So Yeah. Grim times, but we'll do a specific political podcast. We'll get Ryan back in here. Okay, okay. Chart those waters at some point. Yeah, here. I am. I, I am not taking in as much political stuff as it was twenty twenty election. I'm. I am scaling. I'm definitely scaling back because I feel That's like we've seen wise. this. We've seen there's, this election yeah, before. There's not a lot to learn. There's not a lot to <laughs> learn. Like, right. You know. <laughs> Round two. <sighs> Yeah, yeah, so, you know, luckily we're, you know... Whatever the outcome is... making projects now, so yeah, it I helps mean, keep me occupied. Yeah, whatever whatever the outcome is, the initial variables are the funniest possible thing. We're just repeating the previous election... <laughs> oh, I know, I know. ...with a just out-of-right, out-of-left-field uh, Kennedy coming, <laughs> coming up as <laughs> the anti-institutional candidate. Oh, it's, it's so um, weird. That's really, that's the only betting market I'm interested in, is how, how many points he gets. So all of, like, these What's new the age... What, I mean, he's, he's, he's coming up on Perot numbers right now. Okay. All is this, he actually? Oh, yeah. yeah absolutely. See, all these new agey, these new agey people that, like, like I said, came out of the left-wing tradition and are essentially, like, conservative now but don't want to admit it they're all really big into the the rfk yeah what's uh, so by by um i can't throw numbers are you talking about like betting odds right now or are you no, talking no, no, about no. actual I'm, surveys i'm talking about surveys oh um no he's he's picking up a lot of people which makes sense uh -huh. i mean there's no stakes to saying him right now yep so that will that will probably come out in the wash almost but, certainly yeah that guy's because crazy. we can't yeah. possibly <laughs> have those people's guy get elected. What? And why not? Because it's those people, Dave. Well, he knows who shot JFK. It was him. That's why he's getting revenge by becoming the president. It's a long arc. Oh boy, is it? He had to raise oh raise the profile of his family boy, so that one it. day he had this plan when he was five years old. <laughs> All right, that's enough rambling. I know. For one day. America. Agree. Good old America. Everybody, even if you're British, everyone <laughs> yes. likes American yeah. politics. It doesn't matter what country you're from. You know more about American politics than most Americans do. It's a spectacle. Well, where are you, uh, well and what are you going to do in Britain? Everything's just imploding. It's just bad. Yeah. Like, like it's really depressing out there right now. Yeah, I wouldn't, I wouldn't look at Britain either if I was British <laughs> or American. <laughs> the country's getting exactly what it deserves after 500 years. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> the fall. You guys were on top for long enough. Yeah, the it's time for you. Yeah, the and you were shitty to everybody while you were doing it. Thanks everyone for being part of the Machination Log. We'll be back in the indefinite future instead of weekly, because weekly is too often to put out a good podcast. So I feel you.